Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yes. Hey, well, happy Sunday, Church for All Nations. I am so happy that you're joining us today. My name's Pastor JF, and man, I don't know what it is. Maybe the coffee number three that I was drinking around six o'clock this morning. I don't know, but I'm just fired up today. I think maybe it has something a little bit more to do with that powerful worship that we just had. Oh my word, that new song, Holy, Holy, just absolutely phenomenal. We are so blessed to have such great uh, worship leaders and talent and servant leaders here at Church for All Nations. And so I hope you sense the presence of the Lord wherever you're watching from. If you're in your man cave, what's up? Good to have you here today. If you're sitting around the breakfast table with your loved ones, maybe you got an iPad on and there's kids running around. I'm telling you, that is my season of life right now. So I love that. Maybe you're a a student or maybe you're a single person or maybe you're a senior and you're gathered with some other of your Uh, friends and loved ones, family, wherever you're watching from, whether you're on your lunch break, well, not lunch yet, but maybe you're on your break between shifts. Uh, We just want to say welcome. Thanks for being a part of this. And hey, listen, you just saw that really cool uh, promotion for this new series uh, that we're going to be entering into this next Sunday during the month of October entitled Stranger Things. Now, You know, I've heard, uh, you know, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. I've been in church for a really long time. Every once in a while, just every once in a while, I'll get people that say, you know, JF, I just feel like the the Bible's kind of boring. And I always respond with, well, maybe you're not reading the same Bible that I'm reading because I'm telling you what, the Bible is the farthest thing from boring. And in fact, there's some stories in Scripture that are just flat out, flat out strange. And, and some of these stories, uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't even learn in Sunday school, right? And, and so we just thought, Pastor Ashley and our leadership team, man, maybe we should just share some of those strange stories, if you will, during the month of October. Because, hey, let's be honest, cultures kind of sharing their own strange stories through the month of October, and uh, I just believe our strange stories that we read in Scripture not only are interesting, but they have the power to change your life, and you can begin to apply the principles of these stories that we're going to unpack during the month of October immediately and watch the Lord work in your life. But today, uh, as we... uh, kind of begin to close out the month of September, Uh, I also want to conclude this conversation that we've been having the last several weeks regarding reflecting the light and the nature of Christ during these difficult times that we have found ourselves in. Really feels like the entire year of 2020. And really, the, 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 the heart behind this conversation that we've been having really came uh, to me months ago when I started hearing questions from believers that went something like this, Pastor JF, I love the Lord, uh, 
you know, the way we're doing church is different than any other time that I can remember. I've never experienced this, not just CFAM, but every church in America and even in the world. And so there's been rhythms connected to my spiritual walk with Christ that have been, I don't know, altered, if you will. And during the season, like, what, is it, what does it look like to really do what he's asking me to do? And part of what he's asking you to do, not just during COVID, but through your entire journey with him, is to reflect him, to, 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 to reflect the light that, that he shines on you and that his Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, what does it look like to walk in that light? So that when you walk into your office space or if you walk into your uh, environment, whatever that looks like, most of us are on Zoom, by the way, oh, during your Zoom, right? What does it look like to reflect and look a little bit more like Jesus? What's he really calling us to do during this season? And so I want to just conclude this conversation um, today regarding that thought of what does it look like to really reflect, to really represent Jesus during a season where unbelievers are a little bit more tuned in to see what the church of Jesus is all about. We have an opportunity right now to be a part of the attractional process, joining with the Spirit and seeing people come to Christ. And so what does it look like to really carry the light of Jesus? And when I, when I, when I make that statement, part of carrying the light of Jesus means you've willfully chosen to walk in a different direction than the one culture demands. Uh, we are Christ followers. And because of that, we live counterculture lifestyles. There's a different code of conduct. And the one that we follow isn't one of culture, but rather the one that Jesus has placed in front of us. When culture says take revenge, we as Christ followers extend forgiveness. When culture says take theirs, we as Christ followers give ours. Uh, when, 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 when culture says respond based on the way you feel, we as Christ followers respond based on the word of God. This is our calling. It's a high calling. And it's not for the faint of heart. He has called us to live counterculture to what society says. And it's an honor to get to walk and reflect his light. It's truly a calling. And Jesus modeled this for us. Specifically, we read about this in John chapter 13 that we actually unpacked a little bit a couple of weeks ago. But as you move towards the end of John 13, let me give you a little bit of context here. It's during the Passover meal. It's just hours before Jesus is going to give his life for human, humanity as he hangs on the cross and he dies. Jesus gathers around a table uh, with his disciples. And in verse 34, Jesus makes this statement. You'll see it here on the screen. It says this, A new command I give you, love one another, 
as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone, you should underline everyone, everyone, not, not just everyone from your women's Bible study uh, roundtable, uh, but actually that neighbor that drives you nuts too. I'm talking about everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love if you love one another. You say, JF, well, uh, how is that a new command? (laughs) This command that Jesus is giving, how is that new? Because I've read that in the Old Testament. In fact, Leviticus chapter 19 in the Old Testament, God instructs the Israelites to love one another as much as one loves herself, right? And to answer your question, The fact isn't the loving one another part that Jesus is saying is the new commandment. The new commandment that Jesus is referring to here is how you love one another. Because it's one thing to love someone in the same way you love yourself. It's another thing to love someone the way Christ loves you. This this is a higher calling. It's it's not enough to just simply love your neighbor just simply as yourself, but we're called, Jesus is saying, there's a new commandment that I'm leaving with you that I want you not only to love people the way you love yourself, but I want you to love people the way that I love you. And as you read on in this gospel of John, we read that Jesus ultimately ends up displaying the ultimate display of love the sacrificial giving of his life for for you and for me. Are you willing to love somebody the way Christ has loved you? So the question is, how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, there's multiple ways we can do that. In fact, that's essentially what we've been talking about the last several weeks. But I want to direct your attention a few chapters after 13 to John chapter 17, because Jesus, Jesus kind of answers this for us. He gives us one way that we can truly pursue loving one another the way he loved us. John chapter 17, starting in verse 20. Let me give you a little bit of context here. This is uh, in the religious world referred to the high priestly prayer. This is uh, one of the prayers that Jesus prays to his heavenly father. And before you get down to verse 20, where I'm going to read, before that, Jesus takes a minute and he prays specifically for his disciples. And the theme of his prayer for his disciples is one of protection for them. He, 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 you can read it on your own, but he, he doesn't say, take them out of this world with me in this moment. He says, as they're in this world, Lord, God, Heavenly Father, protect them. But then he starts talking about you and me, the believers. Now look what he says here. John chapter 17, starting in verse 20. Here's Jesus. He's speaking and he says, my prayer is not for them alone, that them represents the disciples, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, referring to those of us who have given their lives to Christ Jesus. Verse 21, that all of them, now underline this, 
may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. That's huge. Underline that right there. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. You, are, are, you, are you catching the theme here? Verse 23, I in them, you in me, so that they may be brought, here it is, to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. One of the key ingredients to living out the expectations of Jesus and reflecting him during this season of COVID and chaos and campaigns is being united with our brother and with our sister in Christ Jesus. This is part of what it means and looks like to reflect the light of Christ every single day of our lives. The pursuit of unity between the body of Christ. And let me tell you, my friend, if we ever need to pursue this right now is the time. Now is the moment. This is a spiritual discipline, okay? The pursuit of love through the action of unity. We're called to do this. Jesus prays this to his father. And we just read it. In fact, he said it twice. He says, Lord, I pray, heavenly father, I pray this for those believers. Because when they do this the right way, the world who is already watching will know that what I said, why I came was indeed legitimate and real. My friend, right now, you talk, you talk about being compelled. You talk about being conviction. This is part of the expectation of Jesus. Jesus is saying, you want to reflect me? You want to see your family members, your loved ones, your coworkers, the, 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 the students that you do work with? You want to see them come to Christ? The way you do that is through your testimony. And part of your testimony in action is the pursuit of unity towards your brother, towards your sister, towards the brother and the sister that you disagree with from time to time. It's, 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 it's this pursuit of unity. It's, it's really love in action. This is the one this is one of the ways we, we not only obey what Jesus has called us to do, but we reflect him and it compels people to know everything that he came for and what he had to say. It's a beautiful thing. First Peter chapter three. Last week, we, we, we were uh, reading from first Peter chapter two and I, I was just, I'm kind of reading through first Peter right now because it's just so relevant for the time that we see ourselves in right now. But first Chapter three, verse eight says this. Peter writes and he says, finally, some of you guys who feel like it. No, he doesn't say that. He says, finally, all of you have unity of mind. There it is again. Sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. 
unity. We pursue it. We live it. And everyone loves the idea of unity, but the way to practically get there is through humility. It it, it starts with humility. And by the way, let let me just, let me make something very clear. Um, Unity doesn't mean we don't disagree at times. Unity doesn't mean that we avoid tough conversations. Unity doesn't pretend everything's okay. I just want to make that really clear. But rather, what unity is, is the process of embracing those challenges in the hopes that it drives us closer together rather than farther apart. Don't buy into the lie of the enemy that just says, shut up and smile for the sake of unity. My friend, that is dangerous. That, 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 that literally stokes the flame of unforgiveness and bitterness and this cancer can grow over time. Unity is okay. And in fact, unity says, let's have the tough conversation in love. Let's really express the way that we're feeling right now because Peter just says, we got to sympathize. We got to come together. And part of that, the first process is be willing, be willing to humble ourselves. This is my prayer for you, but this is also my prayer for me. I wrote this down. Maybe you want to take a little note here. The goal is unity. The action step is humility. Write that down. Because, because this word right here, for me, to be, if, if I'm being really honest, this is more of a concept, right? We, we all want this. But how do we get to that? It starts with this right here. If you can begin to pursue this in your life, this humility word, you'll start to see this manifesting, right? This, this is the pursuit. So today, just for a couple of minutes here, uh, this little talk, you're like, Jeff, you're already, already into it. You're just starting. No, no, no. But if, if you want to label this talk, I just labeled it, unity starts with you. Unity starts with you. And look what I did here. Isn't that fun? It's kind of like a, you know, I wish there was people in the audience so they would laugh. I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of, thank you. There's what, okay. Uh, unity starts with you. And so let me quickly, let, let me give you the three U's of unity. Three U's of unity. And the text that I want to use just for a couple of these thoughts here is uh, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And I'm going to look at the first eight verses. I want to break down these eight verses uh, by about two verses at a time. Let me give you a little bit of background and context, and then we'll read from the scripture in Philippians. Paul's writing to a, a new church that he started in a region called Philippi. And really, this was a, um, a letter that he wrote to encourage this new found body of believers who have come together as a congregation. And in fact, he's, he's throughout this letter, he's giving these new believers the action step. He's encouraging them and he's giving them the strategy of what it looks like to truly imitate Jesus and the humility that Jesus himself displayed for us all throughout the Gospels. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. 
This is what Paul writes to these new believers. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, there it is, all right? If you have any encouragement, like, man, if, if, if you've experienced Jesus in your life and he's working in your life and, and, and you're walking with him and, and, and it makes you feel good, it, it, it gets you out of bed in the morning, you feel like you have purpose and you feel like you're on mission. Paul says, if you've experienced anything like that, any comfort, right, uh, from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, he, he's saying, if you're going to be unified in the body of Christ, here's how. Look what he says in verse two. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, underline that, having the same love, underline that, being one in spirit, underline that, and of one mind, underline that. Paul said, if, if you are feeling the healing power, if you're experiencing all the good things that Jesus offers, he says, do this for somebody else. This is all about your focus. And that's the first thought that I have for you. This is the first you of unity. Number one, write this down. You must choose your focus. You say, what are you talking about? You, believer, I'm talking to, I'm talking to uh, followers of Jesus right now. You gotta know your purpose. You say, pastor, what's my purpose? If you're a follower of Jesus, I'm not talking about how you make money, all right? Your purpose as a follower of Jesus, according to scripture, is to worship God and promote his kingdom, period. Worship God, that's what you're created to do, and to promote his kingdom. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but notice how I didn't say build his kingdom. Notice how I didn't say advance his kingdom. There's nowhere in the scripture that uses those phrases because the kingdom is already at work. His kingdom is moving forward. It's an honor to get to be a part of it. What did Jesus say about his kingdom? What, what, what did Jesus say to the disciples? He said, taste and see. He says, you can experience the kingdom. He says, this is what the kingdom is like. And he tells different stories. He gives different illustrations of what the kingdom is like. Oh, if I could just be a part of that. I don't have the power to move it or, 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 or advance it or make it bigger, but I get to experience it and do what he's called me to do. I get to almost ride the wave, if you will. And I like to use the word promote the kingdom. He's building his church, my friends. And no government, no nation, no one is going to stop the kingdom of God moving here on earth as it is in heaven. This is what Jesus prayed. His kingdom is moving. And our purpose is to worship him in the process. And our purpose is to promote what Jesus is already doing. Hallelujah. Come on. Jesus said, Matthew 28, go and make disciples. Share the gospel. What's the gospel? It's the good news. It's good today. Question is, is there going to be moments, though, where we disagree on the methods of how we do this? 
Absolutely. Are there different styles and flavors of how we promote the kingdom? How we share? Of course there is. My grandmother, 94 years old. In fact, when Pastor Ashley and myself came here two years ago to CFAN, before all this COVID, I think she came every couple of months and she would, we'd, we'd wheel her right down the center aisle and she would sit right here on the, we had moved the chairs out of the way and she would sit right there. And man, she, she, she was just, she, just looking around, seeing what the Lord's doing. I'm telling you, this woman loves the kingdom of God and the work in this community. She and her husband, my grandfather, pastored in this community for 50 years years. She gave her life, everything she had, to this community for the cause of Christ, for the promotion of the kingdom of God. And let me tell you, she is a firecracker. I'm telling you right now, 94 years old, you'd think she was 22 years old, the way her mind still works. And, you know, I love my grandmother. In fact, I think I have a picture Somewhere there, this is, I found, I was going through some of my, my pictures and I found that one. That's, that's kind of a nice one, right? I think I scored some points right there, giving a little mooch to my Nana. But I was thinking about it today. You know, she watches online and she always is encouraging me. And she'll always start with, son, she calls me son. Son, that was some good preaching today. I love the preaching and, and she'll, 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 you know, she'll always give me about three or four compliments, but I always know that there's some, there's some uh, direction coming too, right? Because that's what I call her Nana. That's what Nana, Nanas do. And the one that she always says to me is, I think you're a good preacher. You preach the word. You preach the fire of the Holy Spirit. But why can't you ever wear a suit and tie? <laughs> she she uh, Man, preachers are supposed to wear suit and ties and you never wear a suit and tie. Could you please just wear a suit and tie? And how come when I come there, don't get me wrong, I love the songs, but how come no one ever hands me a songbook? I never get a songbook, right? And, and she's got two or three others, but man, she'll, she'll just hit me. Well, you gotta wear the suit and tie. You look so good in a suit and tie and preachers are supposed to wear. And she'll just, she'll just wear me out and we'll get to laughing back and forth. But you know what I love about that? Different methods, different flavor, but the same message, the same purpose, same mind. Her and I have the same love for his kingdom in this community. We're united in spirit with one purpose. Jesus follower, you gotta know your purpose. You gotta know it. You gotta, you, you gotta choose your focus. There's all kinds of distractions right now. You, you, you've got, if you wanna experience the richness of today, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the, the true essence, the real definition of what it means to be rich. I'm talking about really sucking all of the marrow that there is that following Jesus has. If you wanna experience all of that right now, I'm telling you, we have to unite together in Jesus Christ. And part of the process of doing that is choosing our focus, staying committed to the mission of the promotion of the kingdom of God. 
Go back to the text, Philippians 2, verse 3. Paul goes on to say, right after he's spoken about the pursuit of unity, he now starts talking about this next word that I mentioned earlier, humility. Paul says, do nothing, underline nothing. Oh, I should have done that. Underline nothing, all right? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, here's a, here, here it is, underline this, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others, preferring others. We talk about this a lot here at Church for All Nations. This is something that's so much easier said than done because our humanity creeps in the way from time to time. Our selfishness uh, rises to the occasion far too often. And I'm I'm not pointing fingers. I'm talking to myself too. Paul says, prefer one another and live humble lives. And that's really my second you of unity. And that is you must choose to be humble. You got to choose it. It's got to be a a decision. You got to be conscious of how you view yourself. This word entitlement is connected to this word humility. I, I, I wrote a couple of thoughts down and I'll, and I'll put them on the screen here. Write this down because this is a great little thought here. And that is, humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking less about yourself. Let, let, let that simmer for a second. Humility isn't taking away your self-worth. It's simply reminding others of theirs, theirs too. This isn't about, oh, beating yourself up or devaluing the way God created you. This is about simply reminding others that they're created in the image of God too. This is, this is, this is one action component of what it means to live a humble life. And one major manifestation of a lack of Humility is a sense of entitlement. You say, talk about that, Pastor. Well, entitlement is the guy that say, oh, I, I, I deserve this because I'm Mr. Big Deal. Right? Oh, no, 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 no. Those rules don't apply to me. They apply to those peasants over there. I'm in a different class. I'm, I'm somebody special. I, these are my rights and I'm the main attraction in town. It's entitlement. And this entitlement, this lack of humility, this is what fuels division. And if you haven't experienced this for quite a while in your life, I encourage you to reactivate that Facebook account that you started 10 years ago and you can enter right into the deep end. This entitlement This lack of humility is what fuels the division within our society. And if we're not careful, it creeps into the body of Christ. And we got to repent. Today is Yom Kippur. I love how Pastor Jordan brought that up. It's the day of atonement. We We have to continually pursue, pursue repentance in our lives. It's a daily thing. It's the process of humbling ourselves saying, Lord, expose the areas of my heart that aren't aligned with what you would have for me. I want to promote your kingdom in Jesus' name. 
By the way, can you imagine if our government just simply just, just pursued verse 4, not looking to your own interests, but each of the interests of others? I mean, think about that. Think, think about where we could be if we could just, if, if just our government just kind of made that a priority. I, I digress. Let's go back to the text. Verse 5 says this. Paul goes on. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in, being in very nature God, did not consider himself equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, here is that humble component, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a, underline it, a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient. Circle the word obedient. We're talking about imitating Jesus. Look at Jesus, the Son of God. He's being obedient. Becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is all about you obediently serving. And that's my last thought here as the worship team comes back, and that is you must choose you must choose to be obedient. You must choose to be obedient. We're talking about what it means to imitate our Lord and Savior. We're talking about what it means to truly reflect the light of Christ during this season of chaos and COVID and campaigns. This is what it is. Just, just throw all three of those back up on there, friends. We are to Stay focused on the mission of the promotion of the kingdom of God. It's our purpose. And in the process, we worship, we worship, we worship, we worship the heavenly father. Number two, you must choose to be humble. As you stay focused, I'm telling you, the enemy is going to come at you because he doesn't want the kingdom of God promoted. He can't stop the advancement. He can't stop the reality that it's growing and getting bigger. But he can stop your promotion of it. And he's going to try everything that he can to get you off of this. And then he's going to get you on this right here. He wants to fill you up with pride and arrogance. He wants you to get so focused on what your neighbor is saying. He wants you to get so focused on the fact that, 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 that this rubs you wrong or you've been offended or you've been hurt. And let me tell you, that happens from time to time. And when that happens, there's a process for that healing. But if you stay there, all of a sudden entitlement creeps in and we are no longer pursuing this. So as you're doing this and you're doing this, stay doing this too. Because Jesus embodied all three of these perfectly and we will never be able to achieve that but we sure can pursue looking a little bit more like him every single day and it starts with this word right here obedience 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 obey where and who god is calling you to serve love is always always in action and Christ served obediently to the point of death, laying down his life. You want to truly experience the richness of what it means to follow Jesus today? You want to taste true unity with others? That coworker, 
that neighbor, that loved one, your daughter who you've been praying over and over and over, Lord God, bring her back to you. Lord God, may my friend who I love so much, may he, may he come to you. The question is, how, how do we participate in such a beautiful miracle? The way we do that is we imitate Jesus by loving others through our humble service unto him. And let me tell you, yesterday, oh my goodness, Pastor Ashley and Pastor Jordan were talking about the pantry. Oh my goodness. I was here in the morning and I'm telling you, so many volunteers, dream team people here, crack a dawn on a Saturday, their day off. I literally watched Love in Action. It was an honor to experience the beautiful picture of those imitating Jesus. And I was even meditating on these principles that I laid out to you just a moment ago through the scriptures. And it got me thinking of a trip that I took a few years back to Calcutta, India. And as I was thinking about who who is somebody that embodies the mission of Jesus, the promotion of the kingdom of God, the servitude, the humility, the obedience. And I thought about one of the most prolific embodiments of humility, obedience, servitude of our lifetime housed within a little woman who, who was known as Mother Teresa. And many of you watching, you, you know the life of Mother Teresa and so many beautiful stories of her life. In fact, my uncle Mark Buntain, who served as well in Calcutta, who he and his team over the course of almost 50 years built a, a hospital right there off of Park Street in downtown Calcutta, India. I was just there a few years ago where literally thousands of people all year long, poor people, anybody that needs help when it comes to their health, free of charge, they're able to come and get free health care. It's just an incredible thing. And many, some of you watching right now, you've continued to financially uh, participate in the mission there of Calcutta Mission of Mercy. And so my uncle Mark Buntain was very, very close friends with Mother Teresa. In fact, at my uncle's funeral, Mother Teresa gave up, uh, stood up to give um, her love and some thoughts on my uncle Mark Buntain, and she screamed out, I've lost my best friend. So Mother Teresa is very close to my family and has a special place in my wife's heart, my heart. And in 1910, Mother Teresa was born in Albania to devote Catholic parents. And at the age of 12, she began to feel the call of God to become a nun. And part of that would require her giving up every, everything. Throughout her teenage years, she felt like God was calling her to the poorest part of the globe and at that time it was Calcutta India at the age of 18 she left for Calcutta 
India and she never saw her family again. Think about that. Talk about giving up almost everything. In 1948, she established the Missionaries of Charity with one other person. Her and that one other person began traveling through the slums of Calcutta, which I've walked those same streets. And every single day, she did whatever she could to humbly, obediently serve the least, the least of these, the poor, the sick. She opened schools for poor children. She opened a home for those who were dying. She fed the poor until the day she died in 1997 at the age of 87. And when Mother Teresa passed away, she left behind over 4,000 missionaries of charity, sisters in 610 centers in 123 countries. Talk about just being humble, being open. We sang a song last week talking about just, Lord, if you can use me, I'm open to whatever you have. Took a little lady, the age of 12, She heard the call of God from Albania, thousands of miles away. And she left her family and everything and did what the Lord had called her to do. And I've read so many stories of interactions. One that comes to mind is an interaction she had with one of our presidents that I'll share at another time. But just people that would come in contact with her they felt the presence of God and it was so overwhelming that sometimes they would just break down weeping. They couldn't say anything. This is the type of woman she was. She was a humble woman. And there's one story that resonates with me. <clears throat> Every year, the Sisters of Charity would receive a delivery of used sandals that they could distribute throughout the slums of India to those that had no shoes, no sandals. And it was so cool because Mother Teresa story goes that before they would distribute any of these sandals, before the Sisters of Charity could rummage through them, Mother Teresa always got to the delivery first. The story goes on to say that Mother Teresa would comb through each pair of sandals, used sandals that would come in. And she would find the pair that was the most beat up or worn out. The most undesirable pair. She would take that pair of sandals every single year. And those were the sandals that she would walk in. Those were the sandals that she was willing to wear so that somebody else wouldn't have to. She did this the majority of her entire life on the streets of India. And before she died, a journalist was interviewing her. And this journalist noticed that Mother Teresa was sitting there and she had no shoes on and she was drawn 
to Mother Teresa's face. And so she snapped this photo of Mother Teresa's foot that you see right here. That because of the years of wearing shoes that never fit her properly, because she was willing to go lower, she was willing to be humble, she was willing to pursue what it meant to reflect the light of Christ. She was willing, she was willing to embody what it meant to truly be a follower of Jesus, to promote the kingdom of God. She wore those sandals so that somebody else wouldn't have to, to the point where her foot literally was affected to this extent. Truly grew in a new direction. This is the type of woman that she was. You see, my friend, unity is a decision we make. What's fascinating about the life of Mother Teresa is because of her humility, because of her service, because of her obedience, it unified so many people together. It didn't drive a wedge into people. It actually brought people together. And to this day, it continues to do exactly that. Unity is, is a decision that we make. It takes spiritual discipline. We choose our focus. We stay connected to the mission, the purpose that Jesus gives us and lays out in Matthew 28. We choose the narrow road of humility. And we do what Jesus called us to do, and that is be obedient to his teachings. Wherever you're at right now, let me, let me just pray for you. Following Jesus is not only an honor. It's, it's not only fulfillment. It's, it's not only the peace that we experience knowing who we are, what we're called to do, and where we're going. I, I, I talk, you know, I've been, I've been on this journey for a long time, and it's led me to people who who are so wrapped up in fear connected to those three things that I just mentioned, knowing who they are, knowing what they're supposed to do as they're on this planet called Earth and where they're going. Those are the three areas that every human being is trying to figure out. And those of us who are followers of Jesus, maybe you're a follower of Jesus, you just need to be reminded of this. Like, we have those three things figured out. And so because we have those three areas figured out, we're able to experience that Philippians 4, chapter 7 and 8 the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a peace that guards our hearts, guards our minds. We're able to tap in to the supernatural component, the the essence of peace that only comes from the Holy Spirit. And my friend, so many of the people that you're connected to are not experiencing this. And if that doesn't break your heart, 
you need to do another 21 days of prayer and fasting, okay? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking around. Like, you, you've got to land on this. There, there, there's people in your family right now that they're literally walking through life numb of all of the other stuff that they've, that they've allowed into their lives just so that they can pretend that the three things that I just mentioned doesn't exist in their life. Then they wake up the next morning and this, this, the, the enemy just hits them. You don't know who you are. Why are you even here? There's no reason to live. I've, I've, I've heard about so many suicides just in the past couple of months. People, people losing, losing hope. I, I, I've watched even some believers not knowing who they are in Christ, what their purpose is, where we're going. My friend, I'm telling you, if, if, if you're wondering, man, I'm telling you, we are going somewhere. We, when we die, man, we're gonna spend eternity with the Lord. What is that gonna look like specifically? Man, people have all kinds of different opinions on that, right? But let me tell you right now, I, I, I promise you that when we die, this is not the end. There's eternity where scripture is very clear. We're gonna spend it with the Lord. But right now, I just wanna pray <clears throat> For two people, maybe you're that person I just mentioned. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I, uh, I struggle with those three components. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know where I'm going when I die. Today, my friend, we can pray. You can invite the Lord into your life. He's gonna come into your life and he's, he's going to begin to reveal himself in a way that only he, he can do. And then you can start understanding exactly who you are in Christ and what you're called to do and where you're going through his word. He's speaking through his word. He's got a purpose and a plan for you. It involves all kinds of different assignments and seasons of life. And it's an exciting journey. You can start today. Those areas, I just mentioned the process of, of uh numbing and self-medicating right now my friend we can pray and we can pray that the lord will break those chains off of you you can invite the lord into your life lord i just pray for my friend watching right now come on friend wherever you're at i pray right now for them you would meet them right now in their family room god as they're sitting in their car with their smart device god i pray your holy spirit would begin to speak to them right now. Friend, just say, Lord, come into my life. I want to know who I am and I want to know that my identity is found in you. I want to, I want to know. I mean, I, I'm hearing maybe for the first time that you created me and you created me to look like you. So God, I just receive that reality in my life right now. And Jesus, I just invite you into my life. Just say However you want to say it, Lord, come into my life. T tell them those areas of your life that where you're hurting, the addiction issues, the relationships, your, 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 your broken um, image of who you are. Lay down your past. All of those. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Allow him to begin the process of healing you right now. It's not going to... The process of healing most of the time takes time. You can start today on this journey. My grandfather, pastor in this town, 50 years, would always say that. You can start today. Can't change 
yesterday. We don't know what holds tomorrow. We have this moment to hold in our hand as it slips through like morsels of sand. He would say that every Sunday. And that's for you today. Lord, come into my life. Begin a new work inside of me. I, I repent on this. Yom, what a perfect moment to accept Christ on this, the holiest of Jewish holidays. Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, the Sabbath of Sabbaths. Lord God, we give our lives to you. I repent of my sins. Thank you for dying on a cross on a hill called Golgotha, this, the, the hill called Skull, on Calvary, you hung on the cross. You gave your life for me. I was on your mind when you gave your life for me. And the reason and how I was is because, because I believe that you're the son of God and you know all things. So God, I give you my life. I believe that you died and rose from the dead, that you sit at the right hand of the Father today, in Jesus' name. One more prayer, and then we'll close. You're watching here today. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm a Facebook junkie. I, I, I'm a, I, for some reason, I'm drawn to confliction. I, I, I seem to find myself in ridiculous little arguments about stuff that doesn't really even matter. And not only will you pray for me just to quiet myself, that I would have the self-discipline to allow the things that the Lord would want to come out of my mouth, that that, that would happen. But I would today, starting today, pursue unity with my brother, with my sister. That I would begin to live out love and action by pursuing a life of humility. And as I pursue humility, the manifestation of that is unity. May, may that be so. And pastor, just pray for me. As I pray for you, you pray for me because I'm not, I'm not getting an A plus in this area myself. And this is an area that I got to work on myself. We're, how about we pray this prayer that we'll be in it together? How about that? There's power, according to Matthew chapter 18, there's more power when two people agree together for something. So come on, let's just pray together. Brothers and sisters all over this community, God, I just thank you for my friends that are watching right now. God, our desire is to come together, specifically, even more so in this season. God, unite us. God, give us, give us the opportunities to live out humility. God, we want to reflect your light. Lord, according to John 13, you, you just said it to us. You prayed it to the Father that as we pursue unity for each other, Lord God, unbelievers, those that are interested maybe in Jesus, those that haven't even thought about the idea of following Jesus. All those eyes are watching the church. And so God, as we, as we love one another, as we're kind to our brother and sister, according to 1 Peter chapter 3, Lord, as, as, as we literally are pursuing like-mindedness, Lord God, I pray that people would come to you through this process and it's already happening. I thank you for that. Lord, we wanna do only what you have for us. So Lord God, quiet us, humble us. We thank you for who you are. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that during this tough season, 2020, a season that's completely unique to all of us, God, I thank you that your spirit is moving in the midst of it, healing, unifying, 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.